Hi, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. We get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. We try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Uh, for today's podcast, what we want to do is we want to, we want to get into a study and we want to talk about the trials of true friendship. The trials of true friendship. And, and once we get done with this study... You know, I think a good thing to do is to kind of compare that with your friends and compare that with the people that you call your friends and to kind of see, are these my true friends? Are these my friends that are only here when I have this or that? Or, But this the life of Jonathan and David, and those are the two we're going to look at. We're going to look at their friendship specifically. And I want to see how through their trials and through all the things they went through as individuals, and then all the things they went through together, that they, their friendship, it still held strong. All right. So let, let's look. Let's look at this. Real quick. This, this is really good. I'm going to be studying uh, this along with you. So, again, if you're new to the podcast, uh, use your Bibles, get your phone out, get your tablet, get your real Bible out, do whatever you have to do uh, to get your Bibles out, because these are not going to be my opinions. These are not going to be my thoughts. These are not going to be my experiences. We're going to look at the Bible and then we're going to take um the application from the scripture to our lives okay all right so so let's open our bible to first samuel chapter 18 first samuel chapter 18 i'm really excited to do this study i'm really excited for this all right first samuel chapter 18 now we're going to read a couple verses and we're going to jump around so uh follow along with me here but what we want to do is we want to set some stage we want to set some context and we want to set some background so we can understand and then once we kind of get to the end we can kind of knit it all together uh so it can so it can work for us we can apply these type of lessons for us okay so we have jonathan saul and david now remember when goliath came on the scene and when david killed goliath remember who was the king at the time saul and saul didn't want to fight None of the people wanted to fight. Everyone was scared. David was the only one that wanted to fight, right? So now they start to fight. And then once David kills Goliath, then that's when David really starts to go into the life of Saul. And then Saul gets, and then David gets to know Saul. David gets to know Jonathan. David gets to know Michael, uh, Saul's daughter. He gets to know all these people because he killed Goliath. Right now, keep that in mind. Now, chapter eighteen is kind of talking about the relationship between between David and the Saul family. Okay, now let's let's read this. Verse number one. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking, he said unto Saul, uh, or the end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul you have ever met somebody before like it doesn't even have to be for a long time maybe it was just kind of like a like an instant connection with somebody you know maybe uh you just had a conversation or maybe you you hung out one time and then you're like man i feel like i've known that person forever you know man it feels like it feels like we've known each other for so long you know or have you ever had a friend where you haven't talked to this friend in a while but then you could, it doesn't matter if it's five years, 10 years, one month, a couple weeks, you could always go back to where y'all left off, right? 
And so that's what it means to have your soul knit to one another. And so David's soul was knit to the soul of Jonathan. And if you understand those examples, you understand what the Bible is talking about here. To have your soul knit with somebody. I'm not talking about a soul mate, but your soul is knit to a person. You're so close to that person that time, distance, trial, all that stuff doesn't really matter. Because all that matters is that person's okay and that person, all that matters is that you're okay. That's what it means to have your soul knit to somebody. And so now let's keep going. Now we're, we're learning more about Saul and his family. And so then when Saul saw first that Jonathan's soul was knit to David, verse number two, and Saul took David that day and would not let him go no more to his father's house. So Saul took David and said, look, you stay with us. And so now David is now staying with the Saul family. So you have David, Saul, his wife, Michael, his daughter, and Jonathan. And David's there now, right? And so then verse 3, then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave to David and his garments, even his sword and his bow and his girdle. And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him. And notice if you like, I like to highlight, circle. I like to take notes and stuff in my Bible. Circle, highlight, underline. Do what you have to do for verse number five. And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him. Underline that really quick. Now, David was again Saul's servant. So Saul's the one that sent him out to kill Goliath. Then Saul welcomes him into his home. And whatever Saul tells David to do, David goes out and he does it. But notice how David does it. Look at the next part of the verse. David went out wheresoever Saul sent him and he behaved himself. How? Wisely. That's going to, I'm telling you, that's going to matter later. He behaved himself wisely. And Saul, seeing that David behaved himself well, he set him over the men of war. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people and in the sight of Saul's servants. And then notice now, now we're going to skip around here, but just to give you some context. So from verses six, all the way down to verse 10, David goes out just like Saul tells him to. And he goes out and he kills these Philistines, right? And he kills the Philistines and he does it and he does it. And he, every time he comes back, then the women start to praise David. Then the women start to say, well, Saul's killed his thousands, but David has killed his 10,000s, right? Now they're starting to revere David more than they revere Saul. Then the Bible in verse 9 says, and Saul I David from that day forward. Then if we keep going, now remember, we're talking about this is the stuff that happens in the Saul household. Then verse 11, and Saul cast a javelin. And he said, I will smite David even to the wall. But David avoided it and he avoided out of his presence twice. And Saul was afraid of David. Why? Because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. And Saul removed him from him and made him captain over a thousand. And he went out and he came himself before the people. Now, 
Look at verse number 14. So David lost his position. Saul removed him and only put him over a thousand men, not over ten thousands of men. Try to lower his credibility. But even though Saul throws a javelin at David twice, tries to kill him. And even though Saul takes away his position and puts him in a lesser position, highlight in your Bible again, verse number 14, even though all this stuff was happening to David and the Saul household, what did David do? And David, verse number 14, behaved himself wisely in all of his ways. And the Lord was with him. Now, here's let's let's set this background really quick. When there is conflict between families, when there is conflict between brethren, when there's conflict between just people in general and the church and life, you know, the best thing that you can do is no matter what they do, right? No matter what has been done, no matter what is being done, no matter no matter what they do, it doesn't give you an excuse to do what you do. What did David do? Did David have the right to get mad? Yeah. Did David have the right to do what he wanted? Yeah. But guess what he decided to do? David chose to behave himself wisely. Let me let me pull this book out really quick. I want you guys to see this. I know this is just a side note, but right now I'm reading this book. If you can see it, the five love languages for singles. Um, I recommend. Singles reading this, married people, everybody read this. It's a great book. But one thing it talks about with love, it talks about that love always chooses despite what's been done to you as an individual. So David, and I always wonder, why did David take all this junk from Saul? Why did he do that? Why did he take all this junk from his best friends, the person he was knitted to? their family why did he take all this junk from them he did it because he loved jonathan and he cared about his friend and so david chose to behave himself wisely even though the person that he was friends with his family hated him he chose to behave himself wisely you know that can solve a lot of issues today remember we're talking about the trials of friendship in order for David to be friends with Jonathan David himself had to endure Jonathan's family Jonathan's family hated him Saul hated him all his servants probably hated him because uh because Saul hated him but David chose to behave himself wisely where where is he behaving himself wisely at in Saul's house why I'm taking all this punishment. I'm taking all this uh, degradation. I'm taking all this stuff. Why? Because I care about Jonathan. That's my friend. So I'm choosing to behave myself wisely. You know, if we choose to behave ourselves wisely, regardless of what other people do, regardless of what other families do, notice what God will do for you if you choose that. The end of verse number 14. And the Lord was with David you see God will be with you even though other people hate you if you choose to behave yourself wisely in situations 
God will be with you. And he was with David. Now, this is just the background of the friendship that David had with Jonathan. Now, if we keep going, now we get into, now, now it gets a little more complicated. Because now, David not only has a friendship with Jonathan, but now someone else sees David acting wisely. Now John, now Saul's, uh, Saul's daughter and Jonathan's sister now has eyes for David. Ooh, now it's starting to get, now it's starting to get real. All right, now let's let's jump down to verse number seventeen. Now here's what Saul's plan was. Saul's plan was, I want you to marry, uh, to marry this girl. So and Saul said to David, Behold, my elder daughter Merib, I will give to you to wife. Only be valiant just for me. Fight for me and the Lord's battles. For Saul said, Let not my hand be upon him, but let the hand of the Philistines be upon him. And David David said to Saul, Who am I? What what is my life that I should be father that I should be son in law to the king? David said, Man, I don't even deserve your daughter. I don't even deserve your older daughter. Who am I? A shepherd boy that I should be a son in law to a king. Right? Who am I? So David has some humility about himself still. But then verse 19, but it came to pass that when it was time for Merib, uh, Saul's older daughter, to marry David, Merib was given away to Adriel to wife. So now his older daughter's married. But verse number 20, but Michael, Saul's daughter, loved David. So, so think about the situation that David's in real quick. So David comes into this family's life. David loves Jonathan. They're best friends. Their souls are knit together. But your best friend's dad has tried to kill you twice and has degraded your position. But you still choose to behave yourself extremely wise. And the Lord is with you. So then on top of that, the family that hates you, not only does Saul hate you, and it's hard for you to even probably see Jonathan, then out of nowhere, then Jonathan's sister loves you. Okay, so now what do I do? So notice this, and Michael, Saul's daughter, loved David, and they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. But why would why would it please Saul that Michael loved David? This is why, because Saul wanted to use his own daughter to get to David, which is which is so bogus. But that's how that's how much Saul hated David. And so he said, "I will use him that she might be a snare unto him." <clears throat> and then verse twenty two. Then Saul commanded his servants, saying, "Commune with David secretly." And said, Behold, the king has delight in you, and all his servants love you. Now therefore be the king's son in law. So he tries so he tries to trick David. And then if you jump down in verse chapter eighteen, if you jump down all the way uh to verse number uh twenty seven, notice this, and David arose and went, and he and his men, and then they slew the Philistines, which Saul told him to do. So he slew the Philistines, and David brought their foreskins and gave them to the king. 
that he might be the king's son-in-law. And David gave Michael, his daughter, to wife. And Saul knew that the Lord was with David and that Michael, Saul's daughter, loved him. Man, so you got to think about that. We kind of, we really gloss over this. That's a, that's a hard situation for David to be in. So your father hates me, Jonathan. You're my best friend. We're, our souls are knit together, Jonathan. But your father hates me. Then, huh, your sister loves me. And, I, you know, you want to marry your sister. So how am I going to be friends with you? How am I going to love your sister when your the rest of your family hates me? Man, think, think about how hard that is for David. But notice this, and Saul was yet the more afraid of David. And Saul became David's enemy continually. So now you have, now, so now you imagine you're David, you're in Saul's house. Jonathan, you're my best friend. By the way, your your sister loves me, and I probably love your sister, but your your dad hates me continually, and other members of your family hate me continually. Oh my man! Then, verse number thirty. Then the princes of the Philistines went forth, and it came to pass after they went forth again. What so so? What do I do? What do I do in this situation, bro? You've been my friend forever. Then I really care about your sister. But your your dad hates me. Then your your dad's servants hate me. Then the rest of your family hates me. What what do I do? Verse number thirty. Then David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul, and that his name was set much by. So what do I do in this situation? I remember in school, one of our instructors, brother Keith Mosier. We were talking about uh, funerals and we we're talking about, well, well, what do we do during funerals? And, um, you know, Brother Mosher said, well, you just need to be there, you know. And, and I remember one student was saying, well, I mean, shouldn't I do this and do that and do this and do that? Like, I feel like I'm not doing anything. I'm just here. Brother Mosher kept on saying, that's your job. Just be there. And so notice David David just did what he was supposed to do. David didn't do anything out of the ordinary. David didn't try to try to one up Saul so uh so he can be seen as better so that his daughter and and Jonathan can see him as better than Saul. He never disrespected Jonathan's father. He never disrespected Michael's father. He never disrespected John Jonathan or Michael's family. He's always said great things about him. He's always helped them. David behaved himself wisely even though that family hated him so you might ask yourself well if i'm ever in that situation what do i do you behave yourself wisely and notice at the end of verse 30 david behaved himself more wisely than everybody else you see the lord is always going to be with you you talk about true friendship you talk about the trials of true friendship. This is what true friendship will do. It will always behave itself wisely. And they don't do it for themselves. Because remember in 1 Corinthians 13. What does love never do? 
it never thinks about self. So David chose to love Jonathan, even though Saul hated him. David chose to love Michael, even though Saul hated him. David chose to love Saul, even though Saul hated him, continued. You know, I learned no matter what you do, some people will just hate you just to hate you. Did did David ever do anything wrong in Saul's in the Saul family? From what we read in scripture, all David has done was help the Saul family. But David was always rewarded for evil. You know, people will hate you continually for no reason. And you know, and here's the reason why Saul hated David. Because he was afraid of him. You know, sometimes people hate you because they're afraid of you. You know, sometimes people hate you continually because they want the life that you're living. You know, some people will hate you continually because some people wish they were you. They wish they had what you had. That's why people hate you. And so if you notice, David had all of these situations going on at one time. But he behaved himself wisely. You talk about true friendship. David loved Jonathan. David loved Michael. (laughs) David loved Saul. He never disrespected them. And in the open, he never disrespected them. Behind closed doors, he never disrespected them. He always loved the Saul family. Regardless of what the Saul family did to him. That's that's behaving yourself wisely. Yeah, things might not personally work out for you. Because David had a javelin thrown at him twice. David was degraded from his position. But David behaved himself. What will true friendship do? It will always behave itself. Okay, so let, let's switch the situation. So what if Jesse and then David's brothers hated Saul and his family? If Jonathan and Michael were true friends to David, what would Jonathan and Mike? So what if Jesse hated Jonathan and Michael just like Saul hated David? True friendship, Jonathan and Michael would have never ever disrespected Jesse Jonathan and Michael would have never ever disrespected David's brothers you see love never disrespects well Jordan you don't understand what what David did you don't understand what Saul did you don't understand the hatred we don't have to understand that see some people think because of what other people do it gives me the right to to do this no it doesn't When people treat you wrong, whether they're in the church or out of the church, you never have the right to do what you want to do. We, If we're Christians, we live to a higher standard. I've had people call me names before. I've had people talk behind my back before. Does that give me the right? No. Why? Because I live to a higher standard. I'm trying to be like, like Christ. So guess what I'm going to do when people talk about me when people do behave myself wisely 
How do you think? How do you think Joseph got through what he went through when when Potiphar's uh, wife accused him of doing things sexually with him? How do you think? How do you think Joseph got through all that? Guess what? Joseph he chose. I'm going to behave myself wisely. And if if my memory is correct in Genesis, what does the Bible say? And the Lord was with Joseph. Here in First Samuel. What does the Bible say? If you behave yourself wisely, despite the junk that other people give to you. And the Lord was with David. Hmm. So what's our answer? Our answer is to behave ourselves wisely. Now, really quick. I want to look at the covenant that Jonathan makes now I want to see things from Jonathan's side now we, we've just seen things from David's side I want I want you to see things from because you always want to see things from each side that that will help you in life and so that'll help you in life that'll help you in general in relationships that'll help you in a lot of problem solving you have to see things from the other the other perspective not just yours okay so let's let's so from this point that's David's perspective now, let's see it from Jonathan's perspective. Now, First uh, Samuel chapter 20, if you'll try to read the whole chapter, but this is what I'll do. I'll kind of give you a review of what happens here. So, Jonathan and David make a covenant now. Okay, so basically, if you don't know what covenant means, make a promise to each other. And covenants were very serious then. Uh, they were extremely serious, especially between between men. Now, Here's what happens. I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but I want it from verses 20 or verse 1 to verse 20. This is essentially what happens. <clears throat> so remember, David is friends with Jonathan. Jonathan friends with David, right? So David and Jonathan, they have this conversation. And Jonathan's saying, look, man, my dad hates you. I know we're, we're friends, but this friendship is difficult because my family hates you. And David's like, man, I, I know, like I understand. Now remember, where's David staying? Jonathan's house. But Jonathan's family hates him. So David's like, man, I can't, I can't come back, man, because your dad hates me. So David said, look, I got a plan. See, this is what we'll do. David says, this is how we'll know if your father still hates me or not. David says, I want you to tell him. You know, at the dinner table, I want you, he's going to ask where I am because I haven't, I'm not there. So David said, I want you to tell him I went back to Bethlehem where I was born. I went back there to go make a sacrifice with my family. So I went back to my city. And so Jonathan said, okay, um, that's great. But how am I, how am I going to let you know if my father hates you or not, if you're in Bethlehem? So how do, how do I know this? And so then David's like, man, all right. So David said, okay, that's a good point. How will I know? And so David and Jonathan, then they walk out to this field. And I can see them talking because these, I've had these conversations, you know, haven't you, you've ever had a hypothetical conversation before we've all had it. You know, remember when we wanted to spend the night at somebody else's house growing up? Okay. This is what you're going to do. You're going to go ask your mom this, and then I'll go ask my mom this, 
and then we'll talk to our dads. Then if they say this, then we'll say, you know what I'm saying? We, we've all had those conversations. So David and Jonathan are now having this conversation. So they're standing in the field. And they, Jonathan said, you see that rock over there, the stone Ezel? David said, yeah, I see it. He said, this is what we're going to do. You're going to hide in the field. I'm going to have a young boy with me. And, and Jonathan was great with the bow and arrow. And so Jonathan said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to shoot three arrows. And I'm going to shoot these arrows at the rock. And if the arrows land on this side of the rock, that means you can go pick them up. And that is a sign that my father doesn't hate you and there is peace. And you can come back. But then he says, if I shoot these arrows and they go beyond the stony zell, that means you got to get out. My, that means my father still hates your guts. You got to go. And then the lad will go and grab those beyond the rock. And David said, okay. And so then, after this happens, so they got this plan devised. And they said, okay. And so then they made the covenant. Now, we got D-Day. We got, now the day is here. So dinner rolls around. The Saul family's there. I presume Saul, his wife, uh, Michael, Jonathan, they're all there sitting at the dinner table. And so let's start in verse 29 of chapter 20. Uh, and he said, let me go, I pray thee, for our family hath a sacrifice into the city. Oh so, oh, oh, so wait. So before we get there, so now they're at the table and now Jonathan or Saul asks, where's, where's the son of Jesse at? Where, where's David at? And then verse 29 then Jonathan says, well, he said, David said, let me go. Um, yeah, dad, David said, uh, our family hath a sacrifice in the city and my brother, uh, he hath commanded me to be there. And now if I have found favor in your eyes, uh, let me go away. I pray thee, let me see my brethren. Therefore, that's why he's not at the dinner table, dad. He said he had to go back to Bethlehem. Uh, he said there was a sacrifice. That's why he's not there. And so notice Remember, we're talking about what a tried and true friendship will do. First, on both sides individually, they will both act wise with each other's families. Saul, or not Saul, Jonathan will act wise with David and his family. David will act wise with Jonathan's family. That's the first one. Then what will a second, what will a tried and true relationship do? It will always protect the other individual. Notice the notice the stuff because each side had to deal with. So David had to deal with Jonathan's hate. Now Jonathan's in his home and he has to deal with his own father's hate. Watch verse 30. So after Jonathan says this, then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan. And he said, you son of this of this perverse woman. Of this rebellious, perverse woman. He said, don't you think I know? That you have chosen the son of Jesse by your own confusion? So, notice the tactic that Saul is trying to use to Jonathan. He's trying to emotionally manipulate him. So, son, you're saying you're choosing the son of Jesse than your father? What's wrong with you? You see, he's trying to emotionally manipulate his own son. Why would you choose that boy? Why would you choose him over your own father? What's wrong with you? Then he says, and the and the confusion of thy mother's nakedness, 
for as long as the son of Jesse. Now, after the emotional manipulation, then verse 31, now it's time to give out some threats. Now, listen to me, since you chose David. For as long as the son of Jesse lives upon this earth, you will never be established. You will never have your kingdom. And wherefore now send forth and go get him so that I can kill him right now. Okay, so we've seen David's um, problems. Now we're seeing a glimpse of Jonathan's issues. So now Jonathan is being accused of not loving his family because he's he cares about his friend. Now Jonathan he also has been promised. Remember, if you're the son of a king, you're supposed to be the heir to the throne. Now, Saul has said, as long as you're with him, you'll never have a kingdom. This kingdom that I it'll never be yours. <sighs> okay. Then after that, then after that, then he says, then now I want you to go get him and bring him back to this house so I can kill him tonight. Bro. So now we see things from David's perspective and now we see things. So think about how strong the relationship between David and Jonathan had to be. Even though the families behaved themselves terribly, both of them, David and Jonathan, acted wisely. Both of them. That's a hard, that's a hard situation to be in. They both handled themselves wisely. Then on top of that, then they both protected one another in public and in private. Then he said, look, go. Then notice, then verse 32, then Jonathan said, look, why why should he be slain? Verse 32, what hath he done? What, what has David ever done to you? What has David ever done to us? Then Saul cast a javelin at him to spite him. Then Jonathan knew that his father was going to kill David. So Saul did the same thing to Jonathan that he did to David. They must have had at the dinner table. <laughs> they must have had some spears on hand at all times. Because he throws two at David and misses. Saul's aim must have been terrible too. He throws two and he, and he throws it at David. Then he's mad at his own son. Pass me the javelin. Then he throws it at his own son too. It's a tough situation to be in. It's a very hard situation to be in. But notice verse 42. So then Jonathan followed along with the plan. He goes outside. He brings the lad. Shoots the arrows past the rock Ezel. Then David knows, oh, man, I can't do it. So then Jonathan goes and sees David. In verse 32, And Jonathan said to David, Go in peace. For as much as we have sworn both us in the name of the Lord, saying the Lord be between me and thee, and between my seed and thy seed forever. And he arose and departed. And Jonathan went to the city. Imagine being in this friendship and you love this person. But because of problems, right here in 1 Samuel 20, this could potentially, actually, this was the last time that David saw Jonathan alive. Man, imagine just having to do this with your friend for their safety. Jonathan said, man, you can't, I want you to be here with me, man. 
You got to go, though. Because if you stay, I'm trying to protect you. And David's saying, man, if I stay, then I don't want you to get hurt. So they're both. You see, that's what a knit friendship is. Man, even if that means I got to leave, I want what's best for you. Right. And Dave and Jonathan wanted the exact same thing. But now I want you to turn over to to first Samuel chapter 31. Then, you know, we all know that the sad thing happens here. Saul dies. And then the Philistines slew David and the rest of Saul's sons, too. And so imagine being David hearing this. Now, Saul's dead. David, I mean, Jonathan's dead now. But I want you to notice the words that David said about Saul and Jonathan. If you start in 2 Samuel chapter 1 and verse number 23, notice kind of the eulogy that David gives. David could have said a lot of things about Saul. Man, Saul, y'all, I'm glad I'm not on the run anymore. You know how many times he tried to kill me? You know how many times he threw the javelin at me? You know how many times I was on the run? You know how many times he hated me? You know how many? He could have said some evil stuff. Even in Saul's death, he could have said evil things about Saul. But notice what David decided to do because of Jonathan. Saul and Jonathan, verse 23 of Second of Samuel chapter 1. Saul and Jonathan were lovely and they were pleasant in their lives what is David doing right here what we talked about before David is behaving himself wisely it's incredible man they were lovely and they were pleasant in their lives and in their death they were not divided They were swifter than eagles, and they were stronger than lions. Verse 25, how mighty have the fallen in battle. O Jonathan, thou wast slain in high places. I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant have you been to me. Thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. Now, the sad thing about it is people will read this and think it was, uh, you know, David and Jonathan were in a relationship. But they weren't. The love that Jonathan had for David was beyond the love of woman. Why? Because David protected, because Jonathan protected David at all costs. Jonathan went through the risk of his father for him. Or went through the wrath of his father for David. Jonathan risked his life for David. That's why David, he was making a comparison. He said, look, man, I haven't even met a woman who would do that. And you have. So how do we, the the trials and tribulations of true friendship. From Jonathan and David and learning from the Saul family and David. No matter what's been done to you, no matter what's been said about you, you have a a moral responsibility and you have a responsibility to Christ. 
to behave yourself wisely. That's that's my responsibility. That's your responsibility. Behave yourself wisely. Then number two, if you're really friends with that person, you will protect that person. You talk about true friendship. I hope you all got friends like that. Because that's the type of friendship that I'm looking for and, and just and just some of my boys. But that's a friendship I'm looking for with a wife too. And, the, and you know, sometimes we can get caught in ourselves and think, well, you know, this has never happened to anybody else. This is the Bible has everything that pertains to life and godliness. We just got to find it and look for it. And so I hope that, you know, as we've studied this today, the life of Jonathan and, and David, that that your friendship can improve, you know, that you can uh, work on your individual self. Uh, hopefully that, you know, other people work on themselves, too, and that that we can work together. And if we behave ourselves wisely and if we protect one another, the Lord will be with us. Thanks, guys.